0: What is up, everybody? Joseph here from Rad Parenting with my co-host, and we are here in the studio, hanging out, coffee in hand. And I want to let everyone know that um, this year is—it's uh, been a blast uh, with doing Rad Parenting. We're coming up on like 50 episodes,
1: and and are close to our one-year anniversary. Which yes, is ridiculous. It's, and it's it
0: is it's exciting, and the emails keep coming in. And all I can say is that 2017 is going to be an amazing year on so many different levels, so many guests planned, so many different topics planned. And as we always say at the top of the show, keep the emails coming in, radparenting@gmail.com. That is the best place to get a hold of us, whether you want us to answer any of your questions, uh, forward on any of your questions to any past guests. We do that all the time. Also, it's a great place, too, to just ask Aenea a question, and you'll get you'll actually, Anea will hit you back. I will Which which is amazing because It'll we,
1: take a minute Because Joe will have to forward me Set email and <laughs> Exactly
0: then And then I answer a lot of the emails too But mine are usually When someone's like Dude I'm in a band And I have a kid What do I do Like <laughs> I, You know I can answer other things Besides that you guys But it's always the bro <laughs> That asks me You know I want to still oh, be in Joe. my band And tour And I'm a dad Can you help me Can yeah. I be on your label Exactly Yeah can I be on Side One Dummy Records I get a lot of those Today's show Super, super excited about it. Anae and I have been talking about doing this for a while. We've mentioned it to you guys over the last couple of months. Uh, Back in the studio, our guest and friend, Dr. Patricia. Hi,
2: guys. Welcome.
0: I'm staring right at you. So
2: glad to be here, Dr. Patricia
0: online. Yes, I'm excited. (laughs) I'm excited. Um, Thank you for having me. Before we go into the topic of today's show, can you let our listeners know again your background, what you're all about?
2: Sure. I'm um, Dr. Patricia Fuchsia. I'm a marriage and family therapist. I have a private practice in Santa Monica, California. And my doctoral work is in human sexuality. So I hold a PhD um,
0: in all aspects of human sexuality. Wow, that's where the doctor comes in. Yes, it is. I liked earlier when I said, Do you want me to call you, do I call you Dr. Patricia? And then you thought, Well, like in real life? <laughs> and and you're like, I'm like, No, on the show.
2: Yes, I do go by Dr. Patricia.
0: Love yes. it, love it. Yeah. Uh, today's topic. Anae and I had been talking about it for a few weeks. We wanted to get you in here and have a conversation about teaching our kids early on about consent. I know Anne has been talking about a bill that's being passed yep. in California. Is it California Cal- High School? Yeah,
1: California. And there's a few other states that we're, we're hoping are going to come online. Um, and so in California, it actually takes effect as of January. So-
0: and, and the name of the bill?
1: Uh, It's SB695, and it's the Affirmative Consent Education for High School Students. So it will effectively mean that uh, for all public high schools in the state of California, there must be a component, typically as part of their health curriculum, that will actually overtly teach about affirmative consent. And just for anybody who doesn't know what that is, affirmative consent is an enthusiastic yes, as opposed to the absence of a no, which is very, very important distinction.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think today's show, what we want to dive right into is, even before your kids are in high school, and, and this is awesome, this bill is being passed, I, I can't believe it's taken this long yes. to actually talk about, uh, hey, if you want a yes to have sex, let's let's make sure both parties are down for that. It, it's crazy to think that, that finally in 2017, this is going to be happening, which is awesome. Yeah. I want to get there, but I want to start at the very beginning for our listeners, Toddlers you 've just had your first you know son or daughter, uh, and how you can teach your kids right away to be that advocate for themselves and for their bodies and and, and having both of you guys here. I felt like what a what a great place to start like, so let 's just let 's just kind of rewind and, and start with how uh, teaching your kids consent and how they 're the masters of their own bodies, and also diving a little bit into. I know the three of us you know before the show started we were just talking about kind of the way we were raised and I know some of our listeners are raised the same way we were and that that hey make you know we always you know make sure you hug grandpa oh hey come on you met uncle bob go over there and shake his hand right those things are the way I was raised yep. hey hey so-and-so's here you go over and shake his hand give your aunt Helen a hug all that stuff I didn't have an aunt Helen I don't know but, but anyway <laughs> um but if Aunt Helen would have showed up I would have been running yes. over there and you know a lot of sitting on people's laps a yep. lot of hugs a lot of lot of you know and and thank God I had a great family and everything was super cool but today I just want to kind of dive into let's let's teach our kids early on to to about their bodies and, and about those feelings
1: and in fact we have to and I think it's really important so for the people that are listening they're like oh they must this is going to be about teenagers I only have a little new newborn or whatever this it's very difficult and those of us who do have teenagers know that it only becomes progressively more difficult to have open a direct honest communication with our kids and so it really is important to lay the groundwork when you're talking about an individual um, developing a sense of personal agency over themselves and specifically their bodies that has to come early on. And so that's really where we want to begin today uh, is to, to talk about how we begin uh, from the time they are itty-bitty with all the subtle messages and the not-so-subtle messages that are ultimately going to help to give our kids the tools None of us wants to see our daughters sexually assaulted or raped. And just so everybody knows, right now it, the the stats are one of every in, in every two teenage girls will experience some form of sexual assault. So, and you don't want your sons to be accused of sexual assault, particularly when a lot of you know. Let, let me be careful here with my with the words I'm using, but I think it's fair to say that at least some of the time, the intention is not. What it how it ultimately plays out. And it, it has a lot to do that if, if these teenagers who are supercharged and caught up in the moment, um, if they had a language and an understanding that they knew that they could use together to communicate what they actually want, what they actually need, um, there would be a lot fewer problems. And that's really what we want to talk about today is what Absolutely. we can do as parents.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So the, the first thing, Dr. Patricia, how do we maneuver in this mm-hmm. world?
2: Well, the first thing is we want to be able to teach our children what yes means, what no means, and that's also that can often be a confusing message as parents. um you talked about relatives, and I think that's a really important topic uh, forced affection. you know when we are telling our um our children, go give someone a hug or there's Auntie or grandma or whatever it might be. We need to stop and ask our children what they're comfortable for. Do you want to? Are you okay with the hug? Would you rather shake their hand? How do you feel about giving them a kiss goodbye? Not just assuming and pushing them in that direction, because that takes away their consent. You're, you're, you're robbing your children of it, and we do that often as parents without giving it a second thought. Um, we're taught often, you know, respect our elders, That's and we... Right. You know, we share that with our children and as well.
1: So if I can just like sure. on that, that's a really great, strong place to start. So the the message that we're essentially giving our kids when we just say we don't check in with them to your point and say, would you like to go give so and so a hug? Are you OK with Uncle Bob giving you a hug? When we override that and we don't teach them that they have a voice to be the determining agent in that situation, then they take that forward and they think, oh, well, I guess I should say yes because I don't want to offend anybody. And so Correct. we end up having our children say yes or not say no when really their comfort level is that they, they don't want to engage.
0: And I got to say that I totally believe in gut feelings. Mm-hmm. If, Absolutely. And, 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 I, and I know that there isn't... I, I just believe in this day and age for my, for my life personally, anytime I've got a gut feeling about something and felt uncomfortable... I've, I've dealt with that and I've acted accordingly to how I feel. And what you're saying is if your children are in a situation like that and they don't want to hug grandma or grandpa or give so-and-so the stranger that they've met once in their lifetime, because think about it, these people are walking into your house and right, you know, the holidays and everything, you got all these people coming into your house and everyone's supposed to be, you know, these new people in your life, you're supposed to just hug them and everything. But what you're saying is when, you, when you're when you telling your child to do that, that was such a great thing, robbing them of this moment of protecting themselves and this forced affection. I've never even heard that term before. Right. I, that's such a great term. Term.
2: Well, because you want them to be able to trust their feelings and I and I love what you said, Joe, is um, gut feelings you know that's their instincts. Children have them. They, you know, you want to teach your child. You know, go with your instincts. We want to know what you feel. Um, help them to read um, somebody's body language. You know, is someone happy, sad? They know as little children, and you want them to honor that and move with that direction rather than the parent guiding them. You know, so often children are taught that adults know better. They're smarter. They're stronger. They're bigger. Listen to them. You know, you know less instead of honoring where they are and. That's an important message that parents need to know.
1: It is. And think about how many incidents in so historically, and these are still being, uh, you know, uh, processed in courts, you know, around the world where there have been situations where people in positions of authority have abused children and those children did not feel like they could speak up. Um, and say, you know, no, or go and tell another adult to, to provide safety. And so they end up facing a, a, literally a lifetime of trying to heal those really damaging.
0: So what we're uh, really talking about right now is at a young age, teach your son or daughter to deal with their feelings, but to develop the skill of doing that. This is really a skill of that we're trusting, talking. About. No different than
1: something doesn't feel right.
0: No different than running out in the front yard with your son and going, "Hey, let's throw the ball around because I want you to be better at that." Hey, right. let's work on your homework together. What we're talking about right now is teaching your children at a young age to develop the skill to be able to say their how they feel about hugging and giving that affection to That's the person. Right.
2: And what's really important is. Um, not only to teach our children to express it, but first we must teach them how to identify what is it that they're feeling, mm. and and how do we, how do we do that as parents? You know, what, a really simple exercise that um, I use often is the little uh, feeling ch- uh, charts that they have that have little happy faces, and they say happy, sad, anxious, nervous. Um, when when a child is feeling something, you say point to it. What is it called? It needs to be given a name, not a uh, not oh, I don't feel good. I feel you know. Um, um, uh, this doesn't feel right, give it a name. And I think if, as parents, that is critical to work with our children to identify first, what is it called? Is it anger? Is it um, excitement? Is it sadness? Put a name to it and then teach them how to express it. And that's a very strong starting point. And I also think it's very important that we don't contradict our children's feelings so often our children can they know when they're tired they know when they're hungry they know when they're cold they can use those words and if we say no you just ate you're not hungry or how could you be hot you know the heat uh, you know AC is you know, on exactly yeah. exactly or um, afraid t- or afraid? afraid yeah like it'd be, don't, don't be, it'd be a ridiculous. scaredy cat that's
1: you know right. something like and that and
0: what we might say is oh come on that's your uncle Bob he's a great guy Correct. Why, come on well you know can I just share a quick story I I've never shared this publicly,
1: but I when I was about, I want to say it was about four years old, there was this man I'm not even going to say his name, but he was part of sort of my grandparents community or whatever, and I can remember my grandparents uh, living room had like a big picture window, it was one of those just like, you know kind of standard bungalows, and I saw him coming up the walkway, and I was so terrified of this man, and honestly, I have no recollection of him ever doing anything, you know, harmful to me, but I was so afraid of him that I tucked my myself behind the couch up against the wall, like s- squeezed myself in there. And I can remember my aunt Sonia handing me candies, like behind the couch, because I wouldn't come out. And I thought, what that there I there was something like whether it was he'd said something to me at some point, or I had seen him interact with someone and maybe another child that I knew was inappropriate. Intuitively, you but knew yes. it was not safe. That's right. I knew this person wasn't safe for me to go to that degree. And, and I'm sure, like to my parents' credit, it, they didn't drag me out. They didn't say, you need to be polite. You get out here right now. They let me t- stay hidden behind the couch. But I mean, kids have big feelings Absolutely. that need to be honored because if we keep talking them out of it, then as they get older, when they have those feelings, they're going to talk themselves out of those, those intuitive that feelings.
0: That goes back to what we just said, learning the skill Being comfortable with having those conversations with your children. Why does so-and-so make you feel uncomfortable? That's right. Not being ashamed, uh, letting your child express, I feel uncomfortable when so-and-so's here. I don't know what it is, Mom. I don't know what it is, Dad, but I get a feeling. And letting letting that feeling be able to sit with your child and, and also...
2: Honoring it. And
0: honoring it. I was just... Those words were Excellent. right on my... Dr. Excellent. Patricia yep. just took it out of my mouth. <laughs> Boom. I love that. Hey, one thing I want to throw out there, and I was just thinking when you were talking about the gentleman that was walking up you mm-hmm. know, the, the stairs and you saw him, mm-hmm. I think also I want to throw it on the table... As parents, as mothers and fathers, going to other people's homes, mm-hmm. I know when I roll into someone's house, I always make a joke about it. You know, I look more like a dude on parole than like the baseball <laughs> coach, or you know. And my sons even said to me. I remember one time my son said to me, "He goes, Dad, you know, you show up on school and you're dressed in black and you got the hair and the sunglasses, and you know, sometimes the kids and I and I well and I never thought of that. I was like, yeah, but I'm your dad, and they know, and mm-hmm. and, and and it's cool, I'm here, and and I've really picked up on when. When I'm rolling around to take the sunglasses off, uh, you know, and, so your and eyes are visible. That's yeah, really important. I didn't yeah. ever really think of that. And, and right now, I kind of want to throw that on the table. As parents, uh, what can we do so that when we are meeting kids and parents, friends, and their sons and daughters, what can we do to help make make sure that those that those uh, that those first uh, introductions are. Are cool and safe, and you know? Yeah. What do you understand what I'm saying? I do absolutely, because you know,
1: one of the things that I have made a point of doing, and I would say I started to do about five years ago, is every time I meet a person that is smaller than me, I try to come down, like literally, it means I'm bending down, I'm on one knee, but I'm looking them in the eye, and you do I do that a say, lot.
0: You do that a lot with me when <laughs> whenever, whenever. You, so I appreciate that.
1: No, but I do, and and I think you know, because even when we talk about the handshake, like I'm sure there's some of our listeners going, "Oh, come on! Like a handshake is a, it's just a social nicety. It's a, it's a way of demonstrating respect. Well, you know what? If you want your kids to demonstrate that, you know, sort of you know, uh, formal, informal, whatever, demonstration of respect or like it is good to give a proper handshake, at least explain that. Like just telling kids, oh, go give so-and-so a hug or go and shake so-and-so's hand without saying, well, actually, it can be a show of respect when you're meeting someone to look them in the eye and say, good to meet you and to give them a good handshake. But then you're giving them the tools to know how to do that and understand what they're doing so that when they engage, it is on their own terms, not just sort of a rote, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do because we have to remember as parents that when we just have we put our kids on autopilot this is what I'm supposed to do to make so-and-so happy this is what I'm supposed to do to be polite all of their like their thinking and their intuition about engaging in that moment in a way that feels safe and appropriate goes out the window
2: and comfort they you know so that they can feel comfortable um you want them to be able to um like you mentioned, if they're meeting people, who are meeting families for the first time. Like, ask permission. I mean, that's a really important thing. Ask permission. Um, can I? Is it okay if I shake your hand? And, and if you teach your children to ask permission of others, then they can do that for themselves. And they can say no. Ask them about what's comfortable for them. Is that comfortable to give so-and-so a kiss or even shake their hand? No. Do you want to just wave or blow a kiss? You, know, you want to Excellent. check in with them and yeah. see what is comfortable for them. Permission is really important because um, are, are asking your child to um, help others that are in need because if they see someone that maybe is being bullied at school or doesn't have friends you know to be aware of that and they can they can notice when someone's not in a good place or hurting and when a child is taught that They can use those same skills for themselves.
0: One of the things that you brought up, Doctor Patricia, was even when you're roughhousing with your kids, you know, we're on we're on the trampoline and we're tickling each other, or Mm -hmm. we're you know roughhousing downstairs or whatever. You know, let's let's talk a little bit about that because the lessons can even lessons Mm -hmm. can even be learned there. Tickling Mm -hmm. can be a great example Mm -hmm. of what you're saying when someone says stop. Stop.
2: Sure, you're wrestling, playing. Um, When a child says stop, you need to stop. Because often we'll go on and stop, 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 you know. And as parents, we, we think it's funny or cute or are we just want to tickle them? I mean, we have there's no ill intent, but we really have to listen to what our children. But that's say. a moment yes, for a
0: lesson absolutely. to happen. Absolutely. Well,
1: and here's here's how far that lesson can go because I think tickling is such a powerful example because what will often happen is the kid is saying stop, stop, no, daddy or no, mommy, and but they're giggling mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. you stop and they kind of want you to tickle them again because it's become this game and that's an opportunity to say when you say no i'm going to stop because it is important that you know that that no is being taken seriously and so we're not going to we're, I, i'm going to listen to that and you should expect others to listen to that as well whether they're tickling you or they're touching you in a way that you don't want to be touched that's or whatever. so
2: important Ania, because to teach them that no is no and yes is yes is critical. It I want to drop
0: yeah. into that right Absolutely. now cuz what you're saying right there I visualized, hey, it's tickling today, tomorrow it's making out with Mm -hmm. your girlfriend, making out with your boyfriend. Hey, stop, don't stop, back and forth. Let's dive right into that, learning at an early age the difference between yes and no. And I know right now some people are like, what are you talking about? Yes means yes, no means no. But it even comes down to the way that I feel we communicate with our partners at home. We communicate with our sons or daughters. If I say, hey, man, I said no video games, and they keep grinding me and grinding me and grinding me, which Happens daily, uh, and I say, okay, you can. I, they grinded me so much. I said, yes. Is that a, is that showing them that? Hey, he said no, but That's I grinded right. him enough. Absolutely. Now he's saying yes. Dive into that, Doctor Patricia. Parents
2: need to be consistent. No means no. If you're, how many times have we been in a grocery store line? You know, and we get to the checkout counter and Where they have all, all the, the candy stuff. and all yes. the gum and they're crying and we just give it to them because we don't want to hear it anymore we just mm-hmm. get exhausted you got to stand tough because yeah. these are this is when you're teaching them And, and here's yes the thing. means yes no means no
1: that's right and I think that you know one of the things because there's there's the overt messages like the, that example is a quite an overt message and then they're the ones that are much more subtle and the reality is that in our society today we still for the most part teach little boys that to be part of the acceptable man box that means you keep pushing somebody says no you try harder to get what you what you want to get well that becomes really problematic when you apply that way of thinking to an intimate situation where a boy understandably in some cases has not learned under any circumstances if she says no it means no and I need to adhere to that and that she also understands that she absolutely has the right To say no and not feel like that's going to mean, because this is what I hear from the girls I work with, I didn't want to say no because I thought he wouldn't like me. I thought he might not want to be with me again. I thought he was going to go to the girl that would say yes. All of those things are part of, you know, now we're jumping ahead, but this is what we are preparing our kids for. If you think you're going to wait until they're 12 and 13 years old and their hormones are raging and then you're going to start to teach them... That yes means yes, no means no, and there 's a language of consent absolutely forget and, yeah.
0: it you were yeah. and that 's today what I really wanted to tackle was let 's give our kids the opportunity to learn and educate ourselves as well as them, so that when they roll up to the teenage years, which some of our listeners are at uh, they 're able to speak out for themselves. One thing that when you said saying no means no and and then and the uh, Work harder till you get a yes and all that. You know, one of the things that popped in my mind right there is something that I just grew up with, and it might just be from being in the music business and and working with. You know, my partner and I, Bill, have always said sometimes no is the best answer. And I remember, you know, we both grew up with that too. Like mm-hmm. you're trying to get something and you're you know you're grinding on someone to to hey you know our band wants to open up you know we, and, and then they say hey man no you're not opening for the Ramones and when you get no and if and and as i was growing up you go okay cool now i know not to bother that person anymore so i think what we're trying ah. to use, you know what i'm saying like and so it I,
1: becomes a god yeah
0: like i'm and i and i'm i'm speaking more for the the parents out there that do have that you know work ethic and i want my son or daughter and this goes for the daughters too hey you, you're coach don't take no for an don't answer don't take no for an answer i think and i think that can apply in a way of in the context when they're older mm-hmm. for Work and, and certain aspects of their lives, but also why not teach your kids? Hey, sometimes no is the best answer because what does that mean? You're not wasting your time anymore and you stop. But when you go back to that uh, analogy of being in the grocery store, and and the children see mom or dad and the child child start begging, I want this, I want that, and they finally say yes and they give them something. Does that? Also, and I'm, I'm going to scoot forward, mm-hmm. does that sometimes put a person into a place where they consent to have sex? Just like, oh, God, I just uh, enough. You know, you yes. this person's all over me, Absolutely. boy or girl, the boy Absolutely. all over the guy. And the guy's like, I'm not yeah. ready for this, but all right, enough. Like, you've right. Just, you know, you're so on me. I'll just do it to do it. Do because it do why? It.
1: And because as for a boy, and we need to, need to, I need to, I need to say this because lots of people are like, oh, she's always about the girls. But for boys, let me tell you, there are a lot of boys that feel like they have to engage sexually before they're ready because if they don't that means that they're going to be called a faggot that means that they're not enough of a man absolutely you know i mean and and that's also problematic so i think early on you know teaching boundary setting and and we in real girl we do it we talk about the gifts of no like how getting information from another person is actually going to guide us in what our next step is as though we're kind of on this journey and oh like no no there's a stop sign there there's a roadblock i need to go this way and who knows where that might take me instead Right, gifts of
0: right. no, I love that. Yes, that's a, I've ne- I, it. Was, I, I've never even heard that term, that's and a, I've been that's sitting a in a room with thing. you for Yelling gosh, you. gifts of no, the gifts
1: of no. Yeah, Dr. Patricia, and,
0: really quick. I, yeah, sure. I, um, first of all, I love having you here. Thank gosh, thank you, amazing love to be
2: here. <laughs> Came with
0: notes. I love when a guest comes with notes. Yes. <laughs> this is an important topic. I want to ask you sure. a question. So we've kind of stirred mm-hmm. a million different topics in here, but we're really focusing on the young, uh the kids, boys, girls in that early age before they kinda of hit adolescence, like sure. Anea brought up and everything's rolling. They've already had those conversations. How early can you start the conversations with your with your son or daughter that we're talking about as, right now?
2: I believe as early as a year old, okay. you know, they start having some understanding and um developmentally that's really important because as children grow you know they understand different things but you can even teach a young child colors like safe words you know that you know red means stop. Mm. You know green means go. Or red means no. Green means yes. You know slow down. Yellow like light the lights. Whatever language that is age appropriate is what we want to teach our child. Sometimes they don't get the concept that no is no or yes is yes. I mean we're barely understanding that with this affirmative consent. What exactly does that mean? We have to look that up. And that's for older children. So, if we're trying to teach the younger ones, we have to do it in a way that they understand. If they're younger, it's going to be through play and colors and games, you know. And as they get older um, developmentally, then we can use conversations, charts, words. So, we really have to look at the age of our child and work with them appropriately before we get into, you know, good touch, bad touch, body parts, all of that. It's so important to empower them and instill confidence that they have a choice, mm-hmm. even at that young age. They get to decide what works for them, what's safe and not, obviously with our parental guidance. And I think we also have to
1: mention, because it always comes back to this, we also have to be really conscious of what we're modeling. Absolutely. So that we are demonstrating those examples repeatedly, again, they're on the front row seat, we are on center stage as parents, and we always have to be conscious of, so what do they see? Are they seeing me set healthy boundaries? Are they seeing, Absolutely. you know, me be respectful of other people's no's in the world, you know, as they watch, you know, my partner and I interact? Are we demonstrating healthy communication that is respectful of no's and yeses and so on? I mean, that just goes every bit as far as the more overt teachings, I believe.
2: Absolutely. How often, I'm a parent, and I've used this term several times when I, would tell my daughter, you know, because I said so. What what, what does that model? Mm-hmm. That's so unclear mm-hmm. and that's so conflicting and confusing for a child. So so what does that mean? You know it's, it means that somebody who's in a position of authority really doesn't have to have Absolutely. a good reason. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. that is something that we use our, you know, um that, uh, like I said earlier, respect for our elders. Our children should be seen and not heard. That was something that I grew up with. Like, we don't have a voice, and what we want or need doesn't matter. So if we're looking to adults, not all do- adults are going to be, you know, appropriate with it with children.
0: Anne, I'm going to throw it over to you really mm-hmm. quick with dealing with the teens that you deal with. And, and you mentioned earlier that you said, oh, everyone thinks I'm all about the girls. I feel that you've spoken for the boys because I know now you're working with a lot of teenage yeah, boys as well, exactly. as well as teenage girls. So it's, it's definitely mixed up. I got to ask you a question. When you're dealing with any of the young women or young boys that have found themselves, unfortunately, in a situation where uh, you know something bad has happened mm-hmm. and you kind of are breaking down how that moment actually happened, what what's one? are there any things that some of the kids say to you like, gosh, I wish I would have... You know, like you said earlier, I wish I
2: could have
1: spoken up. Okay, I wish a lot of it has to do with being fearful of what the outcome will be if they use their voice to speak up on their own behalf. So I gave the example earlier, sort of more in a like, uh, sort of teenage. You know, you know, I didn't want him not to like me. You know, or I didn't want her to think that I was, you know, I was gay if I didn't if I didn't go ahead and do it. Um, Wow.
0: So 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 a, a teenage boy, if he doesn't have sex with a girl. She's all over him. He's afraid that people are going to think he's gay.
1: Absolutely. That that he's not demonstrating because we have, and I've talked about this before on the show, we have these very distinct, like the man box and the woman box. And we we still have these incredibly powerful sort of gender um, normative expectations of if you are to be an acceptable man in the world, you will behave in the following ways. You will be sort of emotionally disconnected. You will only demonstrate anger. You will be sexually aggressive, um, in, in charge, blah, blah, blah. And for girls... It's a lot about, you know, you will be pleasing, you will make sure everybody else is okay, you're not going to say anything to offend anyone. Um, And then with girls, we have the additional complication of like, be sexy, but not sexual because... And then, which we could do a whole show on, but there is a lot. There's a lot of layers to this that I think that you know, starting from an early age with language of consent is not going to solve all those issues, but it is certainly going to take our children a long way. Um, both in a, you know, we're going to do a future show on
0: like this applied to teenage kids. I was and just going to say
1: sexual context.
0: I want to have Doctor Patricia back for that because where we're at today, and, and it was such a great episode of really, and I'm using the analogy of the parenting toolbox, guys, girls, husbands, wives, partners, everyone out there that can hear our voice. We have an opportunity here to put this tool into the parenting box so early of teaching your children, son or daughter, the uh, opportunity to be an advocate for themselves, to speak out, let them talk about those feelings. I love your color analogy. You know, just having yes. all that, the, the, the putting a face, uh, smiley or sad, or how you feel towards those feelings, using those small little tools to really, at a young age, teach them, hey, it's okay if you're not feeling comfortable with someone. Go ahead and talk about it. and opening those conversations up. Mm-hmm. So. And I think this will lead into if it, would you come back and do the teenage show? Absolutely.
2: Because I know I
0: know for me a lot, a lot I'm like oh my gosh especially with the consent that's going to be taught in high schools mm-hmm. and and our listeners out there that do have teenagers it'd be so great to come back and really focus on that at some point.
2: Absolutely, because this is we're talking about empowering our children in all aspects of consent in general life and. Um, what what Anea brought up is the bill that's going to be passed is about human sexuality and to apply these same concepts that we just discussed to human sexuality at all ages is definitely another show all ages yes all there you ages. go I all love ages. that
0: so for our moms and dads out there that's you too you know that. that.
2: <laughs> absolutely yeah. it starts with
0: the parents it starts with the parents I'm going to get consent tonight for my wife when I get home I'm going to go here we go can you know, I hug you? Yeah, that's, I you know, seriously, <laughs> but you said that, you know, yeah. and I, you know, I don't mean consent for sex. I mean, just consent yeah. for, hey, having those conversations uh, with each other. And it's so important, everybody, because Anais said it best. We are on the front line and we're mirroring for our children. Yep. And so, you know what? And what a great thing. It is absolutely. You know, I, I, so it's
1: a tremendous opportunity. If we can get it right, it really is. We have the the lives of of you know our future you know decision makers in our hands. And and I think too, as a parent, you know, I always go back and I think what 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 could I have been expending energy on if I wasn't expending so much on healing some of these wounds. And I'm not suggesting that any, I mean, our wounds are also great benefits, but I think that if we can help our children with this one and avoid um, them finding themselves in a position that could li- literally create a lifelong wound, we are giving them one of the most important gifts we can possibly give them. And and even in terms of just daily navigating through their lives. And
0: shout out to all the parents listening to the show, because this topic right here, you know, we have a lot of fun on the show, but this is such an important topic and and you have the opportunity right now to possibly have those wounds not happen for That's your right. children or children around you or any of those people in your lives. So it is, it is a, a great opportunity right now to do something like that. Uh, Dr. Patricia, thank you so much for coming in.
2: Thank you for having me. And anytime. you'll come back again. I want Absolutely. to tackle the
0: uh, teenager consent, everyone consent.
2: Yep. Absolutely. You'll
0: come back for that. Okay, cool. Uh, also, anyone that wants to hit us up, like I always say, radparenting at gmail.com. Um, Anae, hey, anything you want to talk about before we split?
1: got everything um, you know no
0: yeah you feel no, good
1: i'm good yeah i'm really excited about 2017 and yeah. doing some more really great shows
0: absolutely it's going to it's going to be good and but i
1: oh you know what i will say yeah. i will say get out parents you the other thing that we have tremendous power is if is to use our voices in our schools, so California is coming online with this uh, with this new law if it is not yet in your state or there's not a bill that's been drafted this is something that is really worthwhile and as a parent it would it's even something you could talk to your children about the fact that you're doing that you are writing a letter to your representative and saying look we know this is going down in California when are we bringing it to our state this is important and an important education putting component. the
0: spotlight on the bill absolutely, there you go. absolutely. draw the and attention to it
2: all parents can check consent.com and see where their state is in the process of getting their bill passed.
0: Wonderful. Absolutely, thank you so much, Dr. Patricia. Uh, I am Joe Sid with my co-host Anaya Bo and our guest, Dr. Patricia, and we are out of here
2: late.